Man, I'm excited about today as we're going to spend some time reflecting and focusing on all that Christ has done in our hearts. And I started thinking about it. You know, sometimes as Americans, we're not very good at remembering. Would you be honest and just admit that with me today? Sometimes we forget really easy. And I was just thinking about in our society and in our culture today, we're so progress driven that we're so much about moving forward and having progress that so many times we focus so much on where we're going and we don't take any time to reflect and to remember where we've been, right? I mean, I was just thinking about just this past week, all right? I just got to tell myself, just this past week, I went to this pastor's thing and it was like a little leadership roundtable deal where there's like 20 pastors that are sitting there and we're learning from this other pastor who's teaching us some stuff and we got there and whenever we, whenever we got there, we had already ordered our food. It was at this restaurant place. We'd already ordered our food and the food came in, they served us, and we sat there for about an hour and a half listening to the guy talk and whatever. And as soon as he got done talking, my mind was already thinking about what I needed to do next. I had a busy week. It's like, I got to go here and got to do this and got to do something else. I was also thinking about, I got to find the bathroom. How many know what I'm talking about? And so I was just thinking already about where I got to go and whatever. So I got up and I went to the bathroom and I came out of the bathroom. And when I went out, I came out of the bathroom, I just went straight to my car with my mind already thinking about where I need to go and what I need to do for the rest of the day. And I'm driving down the road. I'm about 15 minutes away from the restaurant. And all of a sudden I get a text message from one of the other pastors that was there that said, Hey, don't worry about it. We paid for your lunch. Your pastor did a dining ditch. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, I start thinking about that so many times. That's exactly the way that we are in life is that so many times we're so focused on where we're going that we don't take any time to step back and reflect and to remember where we have been. This morning, what we're going to do is we're going to take a little time. We're going to reflect. We're going to remember We're going to stop thinking about where we're going after church today or what we're doing this week or what's happening coming up in the next few days. And today, for just the next few moments, I'm going to challenge you and I'm going to ask you to go with me to a place. I'm going to ask you to help me. I'm going to ask you to take some time to reflect and some time to remember. I want you to imagine here this morning that Jesus is sitting at the table 12 of his closest friends, 12 men that he had spent his life with, that for the past three and a half years he had loved them and he had poured into them and he had given everything to them, teaching them and training them and discipling them. And it's only hours before he's about to go to the cross, give his life, and he knows that In this moment, this is a very holy and special moment because in this moment it would be the last time that all 12 of these close friends, of all 12 of these men that Jesus loves so dearly, it would be the last time that they would all be together in the same room. Imagine if you knew that it was your last moments with your family 
or with your friends, imagine what would you do? You would probably want to say something that they would remember. You would probably want to maybe give them a gift or maybe do something that would make that time a special moment and a special time. And that's exactly what Jesus did. In fact, the scripture says that Jesus took the bread and he broke the bread and he held it up and he said, this bread, this is my body, which will be broken for you. Now, there was great significance to that on that day for Jesus because he knew that in just, in just a few hours that he would be taken and that he would be t- beaten and that his body would be broken, that he would be beaten over and over and over and over with the cat of nine tails, that his body would be bleeding and bruised and that pieces of his body would be broken apart. And as he held that, as he held that bread, he said, this is my body, a body which is broken for you. The Bible says that he took some wine And he poured it into a cup. And he said, this wine, this cup, it it represents my blood. My blood that is going to be shed for you so that your sins can be forgiven. And whenever you eat and whenever you drink, I want you to take a moment. And I want you to reflect. And I want you to remember. And I want you to, every time that you eat and every time that you drink and every time that you're together, I want you to do this in remembrance of me, the bread, his body that was broken, the juice, the cup, the wine, his blood that was shed for us. Many of us know communion and we know what that's, we know what that's all about, but maybe we don't really understand what it really means to us today. And so I wanted to talk about it a little bit before we spend time participating in communion together. And this word communion, it actually comes from a Greek word, and that Greek word is koinonia. So everybody say koinonia. Kind of cool, you know some Greek now, right? And that word koinonia, it actually means to participate together. It means to have a shared experience, or it means to, to have a common union together. And and the scripture talks about that when we participate in communion or when we come together in koinonia, it's as if we are participating together with Christ. We are participating by faith with him in his in his uh, life and in his death and in his burial and in in the good news of his resurrection. And that's what, that's what communion is all about. It's about koinonia. It's about a participation or a shared Experience. Let me just put it to you this way. How many know that when you, when you share an experience with someone, that there's immediately like this common bond? You know what I'm talking about? I mean, let me just give you an example here. Like how many of you, and I need you to help me by raising, raising your hands here today. How many of you have ever stood in line at uh, the Burleson Walmart? Raise your hand. Come on. All over this room, right? Right? I mean, just a while back, I went and I was being a good, a good husband. I was helping my wife do the grocery shopping and stuff. And so we did the grocery shopping and then we got to the line and we got there and there's like this massive sea of people. You know what I'm talking 
talking about, right? And there's only like two lanes open, and you're going, are you kidding me, right? And so we stand in the line, and I'm telling you, we stood in the line longer than it took us to shop for the groceries, right? And I'm going, you're killing me. Open up another lane. Do something, right? How many of you experienced something like that, have experienced that at Walmart before? All right, that's called koinonia right there. That is a common union. Like all of a sudden, we just feel closer to one another, don't we, right? Right? I mean, let me, let me put it to you like this. A couple of, uh, couple of years ago, I decided to start this work, workout problem, or uh, problem, yeah, it was a problem, <laughs> workout program called P90X. How many have ever seen P90X before, right? How many have ever done P90X before? Yeah, there's one or two that have done that. The rest of you, you just watch the infomercial while you're eating a jelly donut. You know what I'm saying? And so we decided to do P90X, and I thought, I can't do this thing on my own. And so I asked a buddy of mine, Kip, and I said, hey, let's do this thing together. And we participated together in Koinonia, right? Like every morning for 90 straight days, we got up at 6.15 in the morning and did this thing. And I'm telling you, a common bond. In fact, I remember one day as we're laying on my living room floor, right, Kip looks at me and he goes, I'll tell you what, when I met you, whenever it was, three years years ago, I never thought that we would be doing yoga at 6.15 in the middle of your living room floor, right? That's koinonia, like a participation together that causes a common bond. And some of you, you know what I'm talking about. Maybe you've had a loved one that has, uh, that has passed away due to cancer. And when you meet someone who has a loved one that has had cancer, man, there's just all of a sudden, there's this common bond. You know what I'm talking about? Or maybe, maybe some of you have adopted a child, or maybe you've been to another country or something like that. And when you meet someone who has gone through that same type of experience, it's like there's this, all of a sudden there's this common experience that creates this common bond. And that's what communion is, that when we participate today in just a few minutes in communion together, we're going to be participating in koinonia. We're going to be participating in a common union, and we're going to participate together with Christ, but not only with Christ, but with millions of other believers throughout the past 2,000 years who have ever participated in the Lord. Lord's Supper together. That is some pretty cool stuff. Amen. And so today I just want to talk about for just a minute. What does it mean to participate in communion and what does it remind us of? And if you're taking notes, you can write these three just simple things down today before we participate together in communion. The first one is this, is that communion reminds us to look within. Everybody say look within. You know, it reminds me of this little, this little story, this little kid that went to church on a Sunday probably similar to this, and it was Communion Sunday, and uh, when the communion time came, the, the little boy uh, came to the usher to get his communion elements, and he was probably about eight or nine years old, and the usher said, hey, you're not old enough for communion, and so he refused to give him the elements, and the little boy, was he was kind of frustrated by that. In fact, he was kind of a little bit ticked off by it, and so he goes back to his chair, and he just kind of plops, plops down in his chair and folds his arm, and he's just kind of upset, and so later in the service, the usher comes by, and he's receiving the offering, and the little boy looks at the usher, and he says, if I don't eat, I don't pay. Now, what is that? That's kind of a bad attitude, isn't it, right? And some of y'all are here today, and maybe as you look within your heart, maybe you would see some bad attitudes. 
Maybe you would see some bad thoughts. Maybe you would see that maybe your heart is maybe turned a little bit sinful or maybe you're not really where you need to be with Christ. And that's what communion does today. That as we participate in just a few moments together in communion, what it reminds us to do is it reminds us to look within. In fact, the scripture says it like like this in 1 Corinthians 11 and verse number 28. Look what it says. A man ought to examine himself. Everybody say examine himself. A man ought to examine himself before he eats of the bread and drinks of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without recognizing the body of the Lord eats and drinks judgment on himself. You see, today, as we get ready and as we prepare to remember what Christ has done through communion, it's a call, it's a reminder to look within, to examine our hearts and to examine ourselves, to take a look at what's going on deep down inside our hearts and our lives. And as you look within today, it will determine your response as you participate in communion. Maybe some of you today, as you examine your heart, as you look within, maybe you would, you would recognize that, man, I, I'm not where I need to be with God. Maybe you would recognize that my heart is moved towards, towards some sinful things. And maybe today as you... As you partake of communion, maybe what you would do is you would repent. You would recognize what Christ has done, His blood that was shed, His body that was broken, the forgiveness that is available through that today, and maybe your act of communion would be an act of repentance. Maybe some of you today, as you look within, you would see that, man, right now I'm living in victory God is blessing and God is working in my life. And maybe as you look within, your response in communion today would be more a response of worship that, that you would just, your heart would leap within you of what God has done and how good and how great and how awesome He has been to you. And as you look within and as you remember and as you see what Christ has done inside of you, that you would not even be able to contain yourself in worship and in honoring God for what He has done. Others of you, as you look within, maybe you would find that you... Hello? Never had that happen before. Maybe some of you today, as you look within, maybe you would see that, man, you find yourself kind of isolated and alone. Maybe you would realize as we partake of communion today that Christ is all you need. See, remember today, communion reminds us to look within. But the second thing I want us to see is that communion reminds us to look back. Everybody say, look back. Look what the scripture says in Luke 22 and verse 19. Jesus says, this is my body that was given for you. Do this in remembrance of... Of me, You see, that's what communion is about. It's all about remembering. It's all about remembering what Christ has done for us. Man, as we remember today and as we think about what He has done, His, his body that was broken as He took the lashes upon His back, His, his body that was beaten and that was, that was so mercilessly beaten as, he, as, they took, as they took the crown of thorns and they crammed it down upon His brow and as the blood and as the water began to flow as they took the spikes and they drove them into His hands and into His feet and they flung His body in the air upon a cross as they, as they took the spear and they drove it into His 
his side as we remember what Christ has done, that he did that for you and he did that for me. Scripture tells us in Romans 3 and 23 that all of us have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Romans 6, 23 says that the wages of sin is death. That the payment and the penalty of sin is that we deserve to die, but God loved us so much that he gave his only son, the only sacrifice that would be sufficient. The scripture tells us that without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin, and that Jesus came and he shed his blood for you and for me. And communion causes us to remember what he has done. It causes us to look back and to remember where we were and what Christ has done for us. The truth is that It's easy sometimes to kind of forget. It's easy sometimes to kind of even take for granted what Christ has done for us. I mean, we come to Him and we're desperate. We're alone. We're afraid. It's the last hope that we have and we come to Him and we lay down our lives and give our lives to Him. Suddenly, as God begins to work in our life, after a while, we're not quite as desperate as we once were. We don't feel quite as alone as we once did and not quite as afraid as we once were. I've I've seen it so many times as a pastor, as I'll see families or I'll see individuals who will come into the church and their life is just in shambles, their marriage is falling apart and their relationships are are just crumbling all around them and their life is just a mess and they're desperate and they're alone and they come to him and they they say, God, you've got to do something in my life and I've seen it as they surrender their lives to him and passionately begin to follow him and as they follow him and they begin to apply his principles and apply his ways to their life, things start to get better and relationships start to heal and marriages start to get better and life starts to get better and I've seen it over and over and over and over. Those same people who were so desperate who said, God, you're all I need and I've got to follow you. But then when life begins to get better and God begins to work in their lives then then it's not long until we begin to forget where we came from. I've seen it over and over and over, ones that used to be committed and faithful and passionate, but then they begin to slip back into old habits and old patterns, and before long, I don't see them around church very much anymore. And what has happened? We forget. We forget what Christ has done. My question for you today would be, what do you need to remember? What area of your life, what moment in your life do you need to look back as we participate together in communion? Where do you need to look back and remember? Maybe you need to look back and remember, man, look where I was before I came to Christ. I was a sinner who was destined for an eternity away from God, an eternity in hell, but Jesus loved me and he gave his life for me. My sins were washed away and I am forgiven. And maybe you need to come to that place today of remembering what it is that Christ has done. Maybe you came to Him in desperation. Maybe your life was falling apart. Maybe your marriage or your family was falling apart and you surrendered that to Him and He began to work and He began to restore and He began to bring healing and things began to change. And maybe you need to look back and remember where you came from and what Christ has done. Maybe you came to Him and you were alone and you were afraid and you had no one, but He accepted you. He adopted you into His family. He, you became His child. You 
became his son. You became his daughter. And he didn't just adopt you into his family, but he gave you friends. And he gave you a church family. And he put people around you so you wouldn't have to be alone. And it's so easy to forget where we came from and what Christ has done in us. But communion causes us to remember, to look back, and to see what Christ has done for each and every one of us. As we participate in communion today, we're going to look back and we're going to remember. We're going to look within. We're going to see what God has done in us. But, but notice number three. My, I think my favorite one here today is communion reminds us to look ahead. Man, it's so powerful. The scripture says in 1 Corinthians 11 and verse 26, it says, For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death. Look at these three words. Until he comes. And that's what communion causes us to do. It causes us to look ahead to the day when Christ will return. I don't know about you, but whenever I, whenever I go away, I, I enjoy traveling. How many of you enjoy traveling, going places and seeing things, doing stuff? I enjoy that, I really do, but after a few days, many times I just kind of miss my home, right? Like a couple of weeks ago, I went uh, on a trip with another couple of pastor buddies of mine, and we actually, it was a great trip, got to play a little golf, stay in a nice hotel, also raise a little bit of money for missions. I mean, it was, it was a really nice time, but even, even with it being such a nice time, after a, few, after a couple of days, we were only gone a couple of days, a couple of nights in the hotel, but after a couple of nights, I, I just got to be honest, I started being ready to go home, right? I started started missing my bed, right? My own bed with my own sheets and my own pillow, right? I started, I started missing my wife. I remember as we were driving from the airport back to Burleson, I'm thinking, man, I'm ready to see my little girls. I'm ready to see my wife. I'm ready to sleep in my own bed. I am missing my home, right? And here's the deal is that this world is not our home. You know, there's a lot of great things about life. Man, there's a lot of blessings and a lot of things to enjoy in life. But, man, there are a lot of sorrows and a lot of struggles as well. And the truth is that we're, this world's not our home, that we're really just passing through. You know, I, I think that so many times as Christians, I think we get a little bit too satisfied here on this earth. And I hear Christians many times, they say, man, I'd just like to live forever and just enjoy this life forever here on this earth. Or I hear ones that would say, man, I don't really, really want to die or I'm afraid of death. And i got to be honest here today, I don't really want to die either, you know. I mean, I'm not excited about the moment or the process of death, but I can tell you with all honesty that I'm not afraid of death here today. And the reason is because this life is not my home. It's just temporary. We're just passing through. And there is another life, there is another home that is awaiting us. And one day, if you are a follower of Christ today, and if you have surrendered your life to Him, one day you will go to that place that He has prepared for us and one day you will be able to stand before God and see him face to face the one who gave his life for you and me we got something to look forward to and that's what communion does it reminds us it, it keeps us from being satisfied with this life that we are in now and it reminds us that there is something that is greater a future that is greater available for every single one of us so the question is today what is it that you are looking forward to in God maybe you're here right now and maybe Maybe you've gotten so focused on the here and now and so focused on the struggles or the problem that you've forgotten that God has a future awaiting you. 
What is it that you need to be reminded of? What is it that you are looking forward to in Him? Maybe some of you, maybe you, this past year, maybe you've lost a loved one, and maybe you're just getting ready to face Easter for the first time without that loved one, and maybe your heart is broken, and maybe today you just need to remember, you just need to look ahead and realize that one day, if that loved one knew Christ, that you will be re- reunited with Him and with, or with, with them in, in glory. Maybe some of you are here today, and maybe you've been praying for years and years and years for something to happen and you haven't yet seen God do the thing you wanted him to do. Maybe you've been praying for a loved one that doesn't know the Lord and you pray and you pray and it seems like the harder you pray the further they get away from the Lord and today maybe you just need to look ahead and you need to just see that hey there's a future and there's one day that God's going to answer that prayer that he is a God who hears and answers prayer. Maybe some of you are here and maybe you've been struggling with some with some physical issues and maybe your, your body is hurting and, and maybe you've been praying for healing, but, but I'm here to tell you that you can look forward, that God can hear that prayer, and maybe it'll be here on this earth, but maybe not. Maybe it'll be on that one day when you're reunited with Him and when He gives you a brand new body. I don't know what it is today, but I'm here to tell you there's something to look forward to in Him, and communion reminds us of what the Scripture tells us in Jeremiah 29:11 that God has a plan for us, a plan to prosper us and not to harm us a plan to give us a hope and a future no matter what you're facing today man i'm telling you that you can be reminded that there's a future awaiting every single one of us that are in christ you know most devout jews they have a tradition the tradition is that the desire of their heart is one day to be able to to partake of the passover meal in the city of Jerusalem. Every, every Jew, that, that's, that's what they would like. That's the desire of their heart. And many know that they would never be able to actually, actually be there. And so they have this tradition that when they partake of the Passover meal, many times they will say, the next time in Jerusalem. You know, I know of many Christians who have kind of adopted that same tradition as they partake in communion together that as they partake of the of the bread and they partake of the cup they'll say the next time with Jesus here's the deal is that one day we're going to breathe our last and we're going to partake of our last supper our last time to participate in communion that may be today I hope not but I'm here to tell you that on that day when we participate in our last time of communion The next time we'll be with Jesus. And here's what's so awesome is that Jesus is waiting for us. In fact, the scripture tells us in Matthew 26 and verse 29, look at this. I tell you, Jesus says, I will not drink from this fruit of the vine from now until the day when I drink it anew with you in the Father's kingdom. So today, as we share in the body and in the blood of Jesus, we can say next time with Christ, and we can understand that Jesus is saying this, next time with you.